discretion like this. Well, you say that. We don't know what the charges are yet. We have no idea what the charges are, but I, I go, go back well, to, is it, no, I would do you advise have, a client, would you advise a client to personally attack a, 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 a prosecutor like this? I mean, it's dehumanizing, Mr. Takapina. You know, Chuck, I know, I, again, I'm not his social media consultant. Um, I, I don't, I think that was an ill-advised post that one of his social media people put up and he quickly took down when he realized the rhetoric in the photo that was attached to it. But that being You're said, only referring I, to the I, baseball bat. To he didn't take down the other rhetoric. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're referring to the baseball bat thing, which of course Chuck. was featured in the New York Post cover. New York right. Post thought it was right. a pretty, uh, a pretty rough hit and there wasn't that many here's the thing we, we went through january 6th so this is not like a possibility that trump's rhetoric creates violence it's already happened once are you not concerned this could happen well I, i'm not i'm not i'm not accepting that proposition that his rhetoric created violence i think violence was was on the way um that day but i'm not here to discuss when he says, by the way, I'm not going to accept that premise, that his actions created violence on that day. One of the incredible things about Takapina, too, is that he's previously taken a number of positions against Donald Trump. And so Takapina represented an insurrectionist in a sentencing hearing where he literally said it was basically Donald Trump's fault uh, that raised the rhetoric and that led to his client at that time, which, by the way, was Julian Cotter he represented he represented the guy who attacked and assaulted Capitol Police Officer Sicknick who died as a result of the assault and in that sentencing memorandum that's what his position was his position was it was all of this rhetoric created at the highest levels is a direct quote from Takapina's legal brief. There, there it is, just so you can all see it. It says, a climate of mass hysteria fueled by the dissemination of misinformation about the 2020 election originating at the highest level gave rise to a visceral powder keg waiting to ignite. And that is precisely what occurred. Takapina wrote that. Okay, There's his so signature right here signature. on the document. <laughs> like we have the signature. And this isn't even, this is an ancient history. This isn't even two years ago. This, is, this, just, this just happened a few months yeah, ago. Four months ago, yeah. Four months ago he wrote that. And by the way, Chuck Todd did a great job in that interview. I, I, I tend to not be a Chuck Todd fan, but he's been stepping up to the weirdness of this moment week in and week out. So, so shout out Chuck Todd, man. Keep up the great work. And but why does anyone bring that up? Like, that's an excellent point. Takapina has done the rounds. Like, I've never seen uh, an analyst just, just call it out point blank as, as, as swiftly and as smart and brilliant as you guys did. That's why you people know, that, come to right. the Miami that's Speech right. Network. But, but also, right. you, know, you know, it's not only, and, and all Republicans <laughs> do this, it's not only the deflection on air that bothers me. It's just the cowardice. It's the utter cowardice. It's the, oh, I think there was probably just a social media consultant who posted that uh, footage. Uh, it was probably just a social media guy who did it. Uh, what Can you go deeper? Because his voice is like hilariously deep. Every time I watch a clip, like it gets deeper. That's, deeper. that's, that's, that's probably the deepest. It's such a great point, though, Brett. It is the, it's the gaslighting, and it's, they're too weak to even say this is this is how i feel like okay you know you know you want to just say oh it's a george soros funded whatever like okay just say how you feel you know what you're doing stop with the bs 
and just go out and say how you feel. And ultimately, if you support terrorists, just tell the people you support terrorists. You know, you're going to try your first instinct is to blame the January insurrectionist on a boogeyman called Antifa that you made up. that doesn't have a leadership structure that isn't even like a real thing. It's Antifa, Antifa did it. <laughs> you know, you know the, the Republican Party to take a trip to the D.C. jails to uh, hang out with Antifa and have a song with the J6 choir made up of Antifa and BLM. Like, there's just no even consistency with that. And when you see that, when there's like a, when there's like an incident that happens too, you know, whether it's like the Department of Justice executing a search warrant at Mar-a-Lago, right? Like, because the truth has doesn't matter at all to them, they like try a bunch of different things. Like, and and there's no consistency between them, and so it's just like a barrage, lie, 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 because it just doesn't matter. It's like, well, we weren't even we weren't even served with a search warrant. It's like, okay, yes, 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 you were. The FBI planted it. It's like, no, they 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 didn't plant it. You know, they they you keep going on and on and on. You you chuck 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 hey chuck. Chuck, 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 Chuck. So in this next clip of Joe Takapina, you have Chuck Todd pressing him. Oh, oh, he makes a fatal mistake here. And I want you to look at Joe Takapina's face when he realizes what he just said. Takapina. Joe Takapina tries to equate that everything that Donald Trump does with the Trump Organization is Donald Trump's personal actions. Remember, the Trump organization was just convicted on multiple felony counts, more than a dozen felony counts. And here we have Donald Trump's lawyer saying that everything that happens at the Trump organization is a reflection of Donald Trump personally. Just watch, watch Joe Takapina. Look at his eyes. Look at his eyes here when Chuck Todd confronts him on this one. He keeps saying it's personal funds. That is not what Michael Cohen pled guilty to. This was funds where he was repaid by the Trump organization, Trump signed the checks, no. one of them Incorrect. that was there. So you call it Incorrect. personal funds. It is, it is in a court of it law, it's been funds. proven that it was Trump organization funds. It's personal funds. It was not funds related to the campaign. That's the distinction. That he used a Trump organization it's check. Not campaign finance laws. But but Chuck, that's personal. That's personal. It has no so everything with the Trump with organization the is Donald Trump's person. I mean, you realize the door you're opening there. Chuck, Chuck, you're, you're, you're absolutely conflating issues, and, and they don't go together. They just don't. This is a case that is being investigated because, allegedly, Donald Trump had an obligation to notify the FEC. Okay, the Federal Election Committee. Mm -hmm. He did not. The FEC has come forth and said that. This has nothing to do with whether he paid it through his organization, through a corporation, or his personal funds. These were personal funds. By all accounts, these were personal funds, not campaign funds. It's personal campaign, whether it's Trump organization, Donald Trump, mm -hmm. the person, you know, Mar-a-Lago Corporation, whatever it is, they're personal and not mm -hmm. campaign funds. And that's the key distinction here. If they were campaign funds, we'd be having a different discussion. We'd be talking about how he used campaign funds funds to pay a, a personal expenses, and they'd be baiting for an indictment, as I said earlier. But again, what this investigation may end up being is about the, uh, essentially, the falsifying business records. 
Yeah, and that's the part, by the way, of the case that a lot of people are glossing over of what is happening in New York, Jordy, with the facial aggression. But Chuck, I would love to play poker with Takapina, man. But Chuck, with all his attorneys. But you have to remember, it's not just the Stormy Daniels piece that the Manhattan DA is investigating. They're also investigating Donald Trump for criminal tax fraud and falsifying business records. And Donald Trump's attorney just went on TV went on TV and said that Donald Trump and the company, no distinction there. I mean, how else could you make it worse? I, I don't know how you can make it worse for your client if, if an indictment comes down. What, what, what if Alvin Bragg, what if Alvin Bragg, I don't know if this is you know the, the reality. It would be, though, the most incredible strategist if he was like, you know what? If I just drag this on for two or three weeks. They're just going to keep on admitting to all the other crimes. <laughs> and, so, and so all he did by dragging it out one more week is got Trump's to admit to actually the bigger case, like the Stormy Daniels case. <laughs> right. Imagine, you know, like if you go fishing. Right. And the Stormy Daniels case is like the bait. Right. You know, when you're trying to catch, you know, the, the shark or the big barracuda. So you put the hush money case out there. You know, which is see what this is. So too crowded in there. Traitorous, dangerous, said, and very strange event that Donald Trump took part in in front of a very, very, very small crowd. It's not a coincidence that Donald Trump small chose to speak at small Waco, penis. Texas. That is the site over 30 years ago. It's now the small 30th dick. anniversary of the <laughs> Waco siege where... Small crowd for a small penis. A religious cult known as the Branch Davidians. <laughs> small crowd for a small penis. Exclamation point, LOL, little dick energy, exclamation point, uh, haha. Midas touch live coverage. On deranged diaper dawn attack. Led by uh, someone named David Koresh was stockpiling unlawful weapons, the ATF, the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Bureau within the Department of Justice, went to execute a search warrant. The Branch Davidians started shooting at the ATF members. Four ATF members died, and after a 51-day uh, standoff, uh, dozens of Branch Davidians uh, died as well. But uh, the Branch Davidian Waco situation is something frequently uh, that is talked about by domestic terrorists, and it was actually what was pointed to by the Oklahoma City bombing, uh, the terrorist Timothy McVeigh, uh, when he carried out the Oklahoma City bomb. So this is why Donald Trump chose to speak in Waco, Texas, uh, the 30th anniversary. This is also one of the reasons why the House MAGA Republicans held a hearing uh, this past week where they attacked the ATF and are calling for the abolition and defunding the ATF. But let's go back now to the event, and I want to play you some clips so you can just see for yourself just how completely deranged Donald Trump is. 
end this event is. And then after, I want to talk to you about the media coverage of this event so you can see how incongruent and just how both sides the media tries to present this complete and utter insanity that I'm about to show you. So going to Donald Trump's speech, again, in front of a very small crowd in Waco, Texas, maybe a thousand people, a few thousand people, not a big crowd at all, during this... Okie doke. Well, holy crap, there's a lot. Um, okay, let's get back to the show. If it's a felony, it becomes a four-year sentence. But the bigger one that is uh, currently being tried as a civil lawsuit by the New York Attorney General, and that case is set to go to trial October 2nd, the criminal version of that, remember, that's the case that Mark Pomerantz and Carrie Dunn resigned because they thought that one wasn't being prosecuted. Um, but Alvin Bragg, to his credit, has always said, no, I'm still focused on that one. I'm just basically going in a different order than you'd like me to go. So imagine you throw the Stormy Daniels one out there, and then you basically just get Trump to admit to all the other crimes, and now you've got Trump's lawyer on tape basically oh, saying so that. so good. So yeah. good. <laughs> And then, and then, and then, look. He goes further. Look, 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 look at what Takapino. Look at it's. It could be. Look, whether that happened or not, that was the result of the delay. But let's look at what Takapina says um, about what, what what's Donald Trump supposed to put on his person his personal ledger? Even more incriminating. Play this clip. His legal fees was invoiced by Michael Cohen, who arranged this on his own with his own money initially, took out a loan, literally, resolved this without the president knowing, came back and then sent the bill in for four times the amount over the course of a year it was paid off as legal fees, as was the invoice. Right. But what would he supposed to put in his personal ledger? Seriously, what would he put in his personal ledger? Uh, payment for hush money to um, quiet uh, an affair that I claim I never had so my family doesn't get embarrassed. Is that what he should put in his ledger? It did no, nothing wrong with whatever you want. Your ledger you can say, what should be in the ledger? Trump. Right. Be the There's no Trump. crime against that. <laughs> That, uh, would you ever put a four-paragraph sentence for a ledger? Chuck, you're being... That, I, I honestly think you're being a little petty well, when you're looking at other this Other crimes. It, that's not actually you're a crime to... Uh, uh, Chuck Todd's supposed to ask questions. Money. Was being petty. It was like the easiest... It, Chuck Todd asked the but most basic question. Like, shouldn't he just tell the truth? You're being petty. You're being petty, Chuck Todd. But if you want to know who's really being petty and, frankly, is engaged in, I think, criminal weaponization, it's Jim Jordan and James Comer. Right? These are the people who create the weaponization committee, and they want to investigate how the DOJ is being weaponized. Meanwhile, Donald Trump and Bill Barr actually weaponized the DOJ to attack Donald Trump's political enemies and use the DOJ literally as Donald Trump's personal law firm, but Jim Jordan keeps on sending more and more letters to Alvin Bragg, like just keep sending him letters. Jim Jordan's staff keeps calling Alvin Bragg staff over and over and over again, and they have no basis for this, right? Like it, these MAGA Republicans, they're so inconsistent. These are the people who, are, who claim, oh, you know, we're for small government, local prosecutors should have their own path, and now they want to use a House committee to interfere with a local prosecutor's criminal investigation involving falsification of business records under New York law. 
and the auspices of it. I don't know if you caught this. What they say is like their legislative purpose is they want to investigate passing legislation to immunize uh, presidents, former presidents, from any crimes. And that is what their focus is on. And it says that, uh, it says that, okay, for example, as we have explained in detail, the Committee on the Judiciary wow. is examining whether wow. legislative reforms are necessary to insulate former and current presidents from politically motivated prosecutions by state and local officials. I mean, how humiliating is that? And finally, Alvin Bragg's office, so someone in Alvin Bragg's staff kept on getting called by Jim Jordan's like annoying staff. <laughs> So creepy, and so and so. One of Alvin Bragg's like staff members said, "Look, your committee has no jurisdiction over us. You're wrong. Please stop calling us with this bullshit." And hung up on him. Um, that was so one. Good. Good. And Alvin Bragg posted a tweet to Jim Jordan's recent letter because I guess that's the only way you can communicate with Republicans. You have to like tweet at them. Like you can't have normal discourse. Um, and Alvin Bragg's uh, most recent post said, we evaluate cases in our jurisdiction based on the facts, the law, and the evidence. It is not appropriate for Congress to interfere with pending local investigations. This unprecedented inquiry by federal elected officials into an ongoing matter serves only to hinder, disrupt, and undermine the legitimate work of our dedicated prosecutors. As always, we will continue to follow the facts and be guided by the rule of law in everything we do. But also to my uh, hypothetical of what Alvin Bragg may be exposing by just, you know, methodically going about this is you see like all of the uh, you know, the MAGA unlawfulness like surface as part of their exactly what they tried to do on Jan and did on January 6th, right? Like it is a very basic playbook that they always go back to and inevitably, it is it is violence. It is photographs of Donald Trump holding a baseball bat, you know, depicting himself bludgeoning Alvin Bragg, right? It is statements calling Alvin Bragg human scum. It is statements calling Alvin Bragg an animal. It, it is inevitably that's what happens. And the MAGA Republicans always show very quickly who they are and so that's that is my theory i'm sticking by my theory that that's what alvin bragg i like uh, it i like is, it is doing just a quick update on special counsel jack smith as well that cbs reported that special counsel jack smith is continuing to aggressively investigate uh criminal charges against donald trump and is focused on a conspiracy to obstruct the congressional proceeding you know very focused on that we knew that before but you know to hear it from sources with knowledge I think, you know, just layers on to what we already know. And the reporting notes that Jack Smith is tightening his investigation and that the latest updates of compelling these people in Trump's world, Jack Smith won major victories at the end of last week where uh, the federal judge found that executive privilege doesn't apply. So all of these Trumpers in the inner circle are all going to be uh, testifying um, now before the grand jury, people like Mark Meadows and Stephen Miller and wow. 
you know, and all that. It's, it's, it was a really, really big, big ruling. And so, you know, this is just making Trump lose it even more than he already has, if you could even uh, imagine that. Brett, can you give us a little bit of an update of, of what's been going on, though, um, in Nashville, uh, Tennessee? I think it's important that we at least touch on it briefly here for its uh, significance, of course. Yeah, no, I mean, another just horrible, tragic, avoidable uh, school shooting in in Nashville. I mean, it's it's a story that we just see so much of every single day, and I, I think it's just so important that none of us get numb to this because right. this is not normal, and we have to make it clear that this is not normal. And the reason this persists is because of government policy. It's because of Republican policy. If I'm being pointed about it and, and being clear. No other country deals with this issue of, of mass shootings. I, I know we've had just about one or, or possibly, more, I think, more than one mass shooting a day, every single day of this year. We hear about certain ones that happen in schools and whatnot, but just think about that for a second. I mean, it's, it's unfathomable. So today uh, we learned that six people were killed in Nashville. It was at the Covenant School, a, a private Christian school in Nashville, and included three students. And this was a, uh, I think it was a K through six school. Young young children were shot and killed, and and everyone who was shot died. Uh, two teachers were killed, and the shooter was killed after uh, during this shooting. Um, it's just uh, the suspect was armed with two assault style rifles and and a handgun. And it's just, you know, it's it's one of those things where I'm just at a loss for words at this point. Honestly, I, I don't think that any of us could really appropriately channel our rage, our frustration, our desire to want to do more to help. And it's just a become such a fact of life in the United States of America to live day in and day out with these shootings. And it, it's it's really difficult. I mean, that, that, that's all I'm going to say. And, and we need to keep pushing for common sense gun safety reform here. Things that, frankly, every other country does. I, I mean, no, no other country has a major political party who views weapons of war as something that everybody should have who interprets, <laughs> these are people who interpret the United States Constitution as allowing for insurrections, as saying everybody should be able to get whatever guns, whatever weapons of war they want, because if they disagree with the government, guess what? They should be able to use their weapons against the government. That's that's what they tell us. That, that, that's their view of the Second Amendment. Could not be more wrong. That's what these Republicans think of the Second Amendment. And every time this happens, you hear them tried to blame absolutely everything, everything, mm -hmm. except the problem that is staring us right in the face. So today, of course, the first thing that they went to was, what's the commonality between all of these shootings? What's the one thing that all these shootings have in common? Any normal person would go, the guns, the assault weapons, perhaps, the the ease in which people could get their hands on assault weapons, maybe, maybe that's it. If you said that, guess what? You're, you're wrong. Because you know what the foxes of the world said today? You know what these MAGA people, these Republicans, you know what they said today? It was doors. Door. The commonality in all these things, everyone, all these schools have doors. 
I'm not lying. Here's Fox blaming doors on the shooting. If we can lock the side doors and make sure that the schools are secure, hopefully we can avoid these tragedies going forward. <laughs> the doors. They blamed the doors. And, and just for the record, wow. all the doors were locked at this school. They always just want to also exacerbate the problem. They want to add on to the problem. They want to make the problem worse. When, when one of these problems arises, when there is a shooting, they say, what we need is more guns, actually. We need more guns. All the kids should have guns. Everybody should have guns. The school should basically be a prison. The school should basically be a prison. Military should be walking down. And these are the people who pretend to give a damn about life. These are the people who pretend to give a damn about, oh, we need to take care of the kids. Oh, save the kids from the drag show. Save the kids from the books. Ban the books. Ban the books. Ban the drag shows. Meanwhile, they let guns run rampant in these schools. I mean, just today, you even had Ron DeSantis, the far number two, the far, far below Trump, number two candidate for president, one of the Republican main voices in the Republican Party who's running for president in Florida. He says, you know what? This, this, he, he was giving the speech basically while the shooting was happening. I want to specify. I don't even know if he knew the shooting was happening while he was saying these words. But he was pushing for more guns, that there should be permitless carry in Florida, and he wants to get as close to possible as he can on that. Here was DeSantis from while the shooting was occurring today. Now, in terms of the, um, uh, the, the, the constitutional carry, I mean, I'm for everything. I've said that from the beginning. And, um, but, but if they send me something that is 90% or 80%, I mean, I'm going to take that win and we can come back for more uh, at some time in the future. Yes, sir take that win. And I also want to, you know, just uh, I want to point out the language too that they use to describe this permitless carry, which anyone could have a gun, anyone could have a gun right on their right on their person, could walk around anywhere, supermarket, school, whatever, wherever they want with the gun, they could they could have the gun on them. They use the term constitutional carry to try to act like this is something constitutional. Oh, the constitution everybody should have weapons of war on them at all times. And I want to highlight the the heroism of this woman I saw today. I know a lot of you have probably seen this clip of this is a mother who was on vacation in Nashville. And this was a mother who was a survivor of the shooting that happened in Illinois not too long ago. She survived that shooting. She's on vacation in Illinois. Happens, this shooting occurs. And she sees the cameras, they're doing the press conference, Fox is up, and she takes over the Fox press conference live as the Fox cameras were on her and delivered a incredibly powerful important and poignant message. You gotta watch this clip. Aren't you guys tired of covering this? Aren't you guys tired of being here and having to cover all of these mass shootings? I'm from Highland Park. They cut the Family vacation with my son visiting my sister-in-law. I have been lobbying in D.C. since we survived the mass shooting in July. I have met with over 130 lawmakers. How is this still happening? How are our children still dying and why are we failing them? Gun violence is the number one killer of children and teens. It has overtaken cars. Assault weapons are contributing to the border crisis and fentanyl. We are arming cartels with our guns and our goose loose gun laws. And these shootings and these mass shootings will continue to happen until our lawmakers step up and pass gun safety legislation. I'm pretty sure this was an unsecured weapon. All right. So uh, we're going to break away there because that reporter who was using that camera is uh, obviously setting up to do a, a live report there. But the woman said it quite succinctly, aren't you tired of this? Yes, we are tired of this.
Yeah, and Fox, who who that is, is the one pushing for just weapons of war to be on the street at all times. And and just to set the stage also to what's happening around this, literally tomorrow, if you're listening to this today, Tuesday, the GOP-led Judiciary Committee was set to pass a resolution that would actually make it easier for mass shooters to obtain pistol-stabilizing braces. And, and Representative Eric Swalwell, Democrat Eric Swalwell, called them out for this after the shooting, and they said, you still holding this hearing tomorrow? Are you actually going to pass this policy tomorrow? That's what you're going to do. And Eric Swalwell shamed them. So what did they do? They, of course, did not take it off the table, but they decided to postpone it because the optics of it looked bad. We're going we're gonna to postpone that. That's, that's what they decided to do. The Tennessee Republicans, remember this happened in Nashville. This year, they banned drag shows. During the same year, they moved to significantly expand gun access to the state via a series of bills, one of which lowered the carry age from 21 to 18. This is what they were focusing on. Ban drag shows, more guns. And just a couple of years ago in 2021, the governor, Bill Lee, announced permitless open carry of firearms, exactly what DeSantis was just pushing in Florida. And as we said in the intro of the show, here is Representative Andy Ogles, Andy Ogles, who represents this exact district. This was his holiday card that he posted. Him and his young children fetishizing weapons of war holding AR-15s, smiling in front of their Christmas tree. This is the example that Republicans are setting here. So folks, when we say that this is all coming from one side, here's the evidence laid out before you. This is what's going on. The GOP last week, as we were talking about earlier, held a hearing attacking the ATF for dealing with guns. Even just today, just today, you had Marjorie Taylor Greene in the midst of all this going on. Did Marjorie Taylor Greene rush to demand help for the children who were killed during this horrific attack? No, what Marjorie Taylor Greene did is she went down to a gun shop in Georgia to defend this gun shop because they were getting a routine inspection from the ATF. And so today, and any day this would be absolutely despicable and disgusting, but today... As these children were shot, Marjorie Taylor Greene thought it was a good idea to go down to her gun shop and defend their right to sell unfettered weapons of war and put them on the street. This is the Republican Party. And then Biden came out. He gave some preliminary statements. I like that Biden doesn't try to get ahead of it and, and try to speculate and, and say anything before he has the full story. Mm-hmm. But what Biden said was he, he laid it out straight. He said it's sick. We have to do more to stop gun violence. We have to do more to protect our schools so they aren't turned into prisons. And he called on Congress once again to pass his assault weapons ban. Here's President Biden for today. I just want to speak very briefly about the school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee. You know, uh, Ben and I have been doing this our whole careers, it seems. And uh, it's just, uh, it's sick. You know, we're still gathering the facts of what happened and why. And we do know that as of now, there are a number of people who are not going to not make it, including children. It's heartbreaking, uh, a family's worst nightmare. And I want to commend the police who responded incredibly swiftly within minutes to end the danger. We're monitoring the situation really closely, Ben, as you know. And uh, we have to do more to stop gun violence. It's ripping our communities apart, ripping the soul of this nation, ripping the very soul of the nation. 
and we, we have to do more to protect our schools so they aren't turned into prisons. You know, uh, the shooter in this situation reported we had two assault weapons and a pistol, two AK-47. So I call on Congress again to pass my assault weapons ban. It's about time that we begin to make some more progress, but there's more to learn. But I just wanted to send my uh, concern and hearts out to so many parents out there. One of the things that uh, Jamie Raskin, he said last week, he said these MAGA Republicans have an insurrectionist view or interpretation of the Second Amendment, where they say the reason they need these assault weapons essentially is for a revolution against the government. They view themselves as the militia to destroy the government, and that's why they think there should be no limits on it. But as Jamie Raskin pointed out, as I want to show now, that's just very clearly rebutted by the United States Constitution. And this is where, you know, Republicans would say, oh, we are strict textualists. Every word has a meaning, and we must look at every word total BS, like everything they do, it's all performative, because if you look at the Second Amendment, a sec- the Second Amendment is one of the only places in the Constitution that uses the word regulation, okay? And it says a well-regulated militia, well-regulated, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And the Republicans and the MAGA Republicans just say all this means is the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed ever. They ignore a well-regulated militia and they ignore the the portion that says being necessary to the security of a free state. And where it's important being necessary to the security of a free state and a well-regulated militia is when you then look at the militia clause, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15, the power to call forth the militia. The Constitution is very clear when that takes place. And it says the Congress shall have the power to provide for calling forth the militia to execute the laws of the Union suppress insurrections and repel invasion. The very essence of when you would call forth a militia is actually to suppress the insurrection, which is the very thing that the MAGA Republicans say is the reason that you need the Second Amendment to essentially permit an insurrection against the Union. That is, and and it's not even a close call right there. Whenever we talk about common sense gun reform and the MAGA Republicans position. I I always read this quote because I think it is important and I always ask our viewers and our listeners to think who may have said this quote and the quote is the government is afraid of the guns people have because they have to they have to control the people at all times. Once you take away the guns, you can do anything to the people. You give them an inch and they take a mile. I believe we are slowly turning into a socialist government. The government is continually growing bigger and more powerful, and the people need to prepare to defend themselves against government control. And I always ask, who do you think said that? And I always hear, is it Lauren? Is it Marjorie Taylor Greene? Is it Matt Gates? Is it uh, DeSantis? No, it's Timothy McVeigh who said that. It is Timothy McVeigh, the Oklahoma City bomber. 
who, by the way, connecting this whole episode, who was inspired by what took place in Waco to commit the Oklahoma City bomb, uh, bombing. Um, and that's where Trump spoke over this past uh, weekend to give his campaign rally. And so it, it, it is the exact same rhetoric that MAGA Republicans use. It, it is Timothy McVeigh's rhetoric. It is the Branch Davidians who inspired Timothy McVeigh in Waco, where the Republicans went to hold their cult rally. But then just compare this. We always need to compare this to what's going on in the land of normalcy. And let's just pull up one of the messages that Biden's been talking about as we talk about all this craziness that's going on right now. This is him talking about Medicare and Social Security, right? We're strengthening Medicare and Social Security. My budget would extend the life of the Medicare trust fund beyond 2050. Meanwhile, MAGA Republicans in Congress are threatening to gut it. Let's pull up another one about the Affordable Care Act expands what Biden wrote. The Affordable Care Act expanded Medicaid to cover millions more people. That means more cancers detected early, more mental health treatment available, and less medical debt. Let's pull up another one about organizing. Um, let's, uh, we, we can pull up the last one, Brett, then go to organizing. Um, extreme MAGA House Republicans' proposals would rip food assistance away from families. It would put 1.2 million women, infants, children in jeopardy. My budget would put food on the table in school cafeterias and in American homes. The next one from President Biden. I'm sick and tired of companies breaking the law to keep workers from organizing. It's time to pass the PRO Act. Workers have a right to form a union. Look, these aren't in all caps. This isn't calling, you know, posting baseball bats and threatening prosecutors, right? This is why we have a government. And when I think about political leaders, I want adults in the room who are grappling with an objective reality and trying to solve problems. And as I always say, do I agree with President Biden on everything? Or do I agree with the Democratic Party on everything? I, I don't. Um, and there's, you know, sometimes it's with the degree, it's how we prioritize certain things. I, I don't, I don't agree with them on everything, but I do know that they are adults in the room trying to solve actual problems and talking about the problems and actually passing legislation on things that I think we should all care about, right? Like we should care about jobs and and better wages, and we should care about making healthcare affordable and accessible. We should make education affordable and accessible. We should promote equality. We should make sure women can control their bodies without people like Jim Jordan and Matt Gates telling you what to do with your body and criminalizing your right to control your body. It's absolutely disgusting. We should be uh, passing legislation to protect our veterans and to support our troops, right? We should be focused on protecting Social Security and Medicare, looking out for our seniors. 
supporting our veterans. Like, you know, it's not about, oh, I'm holding a constitution and I'm wagging it around and let me just throw a flag around and wave it around while I praise January 6th insurrectionists. What are you doing? You know, we show, uh, we show that we're patriotic here in the pro-democracy community through our conduct each and every day. And we reject cult behavior. We, Donald Trump stands for everything that this country is not for. You know, that is, we created this country. Our founders created this country because of the disaster of Trumpian authoritarians throughout history. And where we've become a beacon of light to the world is because of our democracy. And now you've got this, 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 this really dangerous mix of a Republican Party that's given up on democracy, fueled as well or supported or bolstered by propaganda media from the Marxist and from right-wing fascist families that don't give a crap about our democracy either. And they view, by the way, they don't give a crap about capitalism either. They want, they want a Putin-style oligarchy where they could just get all the benefits handed directly to them. The way it goes on in Putin's Russia, the way it happens in North Korea, the way it's happened in dictatorships in the past. And so this confluence of factors also happens, though at the same time the Dominion trial is set to take place in, in, in next month. I think that the lawyers for Dominion have done such a good job on behalf of democracy, on behalf of truth. And you see the dominoes as they continue to fall. We talked earlier about Alvin Bragg and the dominoes falling there as by pursuing justice, those forces against justice rear their heads and show you who they are, right? And as Dominion just very basically pursues the truth, the facts, the facts, right? The people on Fox don't believe anything they say. They're not just fascists, they're, they're cowards, they're liars. They say one thing and then behind the scenes, they, they mock their viewers. They mock, the, they mock Republicans. They mock the modern day Republican Party. They're embarrassed by them. They just do it for money. They hate them. They just they do it for them. money. <laughs> and the dominoes continue to fall there as well. And an amended complaint was filed by, uh, I think her name is Abby Grossberg, who's a former producer on Tucker. As of last week, she was still a producer. She got fired after she brought her initial lawsuit last week. So she filed an amended complaint on Monday for retaliation for being fired. And in connection with the lawsuit, she attached what's called an errata sheet, errata, E-R-R-A-T-A. That's an errata to her deposition. And her deposition was taken back on September at the 12th or 13th or 14th of 2022. And she states in this errata sheet that her testimony that she gave back in September of 22 was tainted by the coercion and intimidation of Fox's lawyers who told her to lie to tell her to testify that she just couldn't recall things that she actually could recall and to lie about things like an interview with Rudy Giuliani was pre-recorded 
and Fox could have just edited out the lies. But she was told to lie, she alleges, by Fox lawyers to say it was live to tape and it couldn't be edited out. Pretty critical material stuff. So she's saying, look, they intimidated me, they threatened me, they gave me this horrific advice, and she's calling out Fox. And that's the thing too, though. She was part of this machinery of disinformation, but eventually, what they all realize too is, is the old adage that then they come for you. Then they come for you. And I, and I saw it on, I think, MSNBC, where uh, I'll find the guest. They go, they go, Mike Pence is probably the whitest guy there is. And Donald Trump came for Mike Pence to kill him. And so if they came for Mike Pence, you don't think they're going to come, you know, they, you know, they don't, you don't think they're going to come for you and they will always come for you. They will always otherize you. If you're not a member of the cult, you are a rhino. They call you a uniparty, whatever. They call you total scum. They dehumanize you. And that's why integrity matters. The truth matters. Our democracy matters. And you can't be led astray by this fascistic, despicable system that these MAGA Republicans want to hoist up. They'll come for you. They'll, they'll cannibalize each other. And look, as, as, we, as we do mark one million subscribers here at the Midas Touch Network. I am, I am relieved. I'm comforted by the fact that I know our numbers are actually growing faster than their numbers. More people are joining this pro-democracy movement than are joining their movement. Each and every time we do one of these lives, we see that it is usually in the top three or four of all YouTube lives in the entire world of all YouTube. And more people watch this than watch some Fox shows. More people watch this a day, the Midas Touch Network, than watch Tucker and Hannity and Laura Ingraham essentially combined. Think about that. More people watch the Midas Touch Network than those three combined when you add up all of the YouTube views that we have in one day. And why that is important, it is important that we educate people together with the truth. Explaining to people the importance of democracy. Explaining to people that we love our country and that these MAGA Republicans have co-opted, they've hijacked our symbols. They've hijacked the flag for their fascism. They've hijacked the Constitution and they've hijacked these terms. Patriotism, of love of our country, of the USA chant. They've hijacked it to undermine it. And we love our country and the pro-democracy. We love our country. We want to improve it. We want to perfect it. We want to fix its problems. But we love our country here. And we're not ashamed to say that. And all of the boogeymen that they create and the Mr. Potato Heads that they create, and they talk about the Dr. Seuss and bathrooms and, and, and 
uh, ovens and washing machines and whatever the fake outrage machine they want to create. They want to keep their people fearful. They want to keep their people scared. They want their people to think, oh, the Democrats and everybody else, they're out to get you. They're out to get you. Meanwhile, the Murdochs, the OANs, the Bannons, quite literally are picking the pockets, are mocking their base, are exploiting their own people for the, for money, for Putin, for, for what, for what? And I'm just so, I'm so enthused that we've all, we're all rising to the moment together and none of this. And I mean, none of this is possible without you watching this. You watching this? Look, I, I'm honored that I get to do a show with my brothers every day. I, I get to have a, get to have this network where I have such incredible uh, contributors, and, and, and I get to have get to have fun doing it. I get to smile. I get to laugh. I get to joke. I also need to get very serious too, you know. And, and we need to have that balance. But none of this happens without you. And what the future is, what the future holds, is up to you. It's up to the movement. It's up to the pro-democracy community. It's up to, it's up to you. We can't wait for whoever, Jack Smith is great, or Alvin Bragg this, or Fawny Willis, or Letitia James, or Biden, or whoever. We, you know, we collectively, we the people, we the people are the difference makers. And that's what one million subscribers means to me. One million subscriber means to us the great work that you've done, your contribution to democracy, your support is invaluable. And so I say thank you from the bottom of my heart. You already take it away. Shout out to the Midas Mighty! George Santos finally makes criminal confession. You know, this kind of bums me out. You can, you can barely hear this. This is Michael Popak, Legal AF, George Santos. Remember him, you know, in the middle of all of these other Donald Trump-related issues, uh, Waco appearances, indictments in New York, Jack Smith indictments. You may forget... There's another grifter in training in the form of George Santos. Is that his name? Could be something with Devalder in it. Who really knows? At the end of the day, who really cares? Let's just get him out of Congress as quick as possible if the Ethics Committee won't do it. 
that I assure you the members and voters of the third district in New York are going to do it um, when his term comes up in just another year and a half or so. But George Santos, continuing the grift, continuing to lie, told the New York Post as recently as a couple of months ago he committed no crimes in Brazil, despite the fact that in January the Brazilian officials reopened a criminal investigation that had laid dormant for over 10 years because they couldn't find the poor guy. They couldn't find the chap named Devalder, named Santos, and the, and the trail had gone cold, so they sort of half-closed the file. Until, lo and behold, George Santos, if that's his real name, popped back up in the news in a big way, running for office and winning the seat in the 3rd District in New York, which led the Brazilian jurisdictional authorities, police and prosecutors, law enforcement, to say, we can read social media. Oh, that looks like the same guy that stole $1,300 off a clothing store clerk using a fake identity and a stolen checkbook back in 2008. And they reopened the case now that they could locate him. So with the Prosecutors in Brazil fast on his trail and while at the same time talking out of one side of his mouth and Santos telling the media and anybody that would listen that he's not a criminal. Very reminiscent of, of Richard Nixon, I am not a crook. This is George Santos. I didn't commit a crime in Brazil or anywhere else. Well, that's not what his new plea deal says. He, he is reportedly entering into a plea deal with the Brazilian authorities in which they will agree to a non-prosecution agreement and not take him to trial in return for him confessing that he committed the crime. The crime is using bad checks, stolen checkbooks, and fake identity of an elderly gentleman who his mother cared for. I mean, this the grift just gets deeper and deeper, and so does the disgusting lack of ethics and character of one George Santos, who had no moral problems or character failings to stop her from stealing a checkbook belonging to an old man that his mother cared for and then spending it on not necessities not food not tuition um, not to help a dying relative with medical care for thirteen hundred dollars worth of designer clothing i mean is anybody shocked by this in a in a small store in a small city in Brazil, and the way it works in Brazil is that it is the poor clerk who gets up, who gets ripped off, who is basically the victim of the crime, not the store. And in some places like Brazil, they force the clerk to repay the store for the stolen goods. That may have happened here. So let's put that aside for a minute. This poor clerk who got ripped off and then had to repay the store $1,300 because that theft happened on his watch. So the Brazilian prosecutors told George Santos, we'll do this deal with you, maybe, but you got to find the victim, the person you ripped off, the person who probably paid back the store for your stolen goods. And if you could repay him, meaning pay him the money that he paid the store, this poor shop clerk, then we'll consider entering it into this deal if you admit that you committed the crime. So we already have reporting that he is, uh, has located the clerk, has or will repay him and where's that money coming from is that coming from campaign funds george santos is that coming from the grift that you've done down in florida with your ponzi scheme of uh 
investment firm or the developer <laughs> management company or whatever else you're using, trying to make as much money as you can from your political power um, and political reputation as you can before the voters of New York run you out on a rail? Is that where the money's coming from? Okay, so somewhere the $1,300 is coming from. He located the clerk. He's going to repay the money, but he's going to have to confess that he committed the crime. And um, they'll then, the prosecutors will then enter into a non-prosecution agreement. This all goes up to the MAGA-led GOP Ethics Committee, who Bork knows what they're going to do with that. I mean, the Democrats were in charge. And a Democrat committed this crime, he would be censured or worse by the Ethics Committee. But that's not going to happen here. We shouldn't expect it to happen here. That's why prosecutors have to step in around the world and around the country to bring these out-of-control criminal petty thieves to their knees and put them in jail or make them repay the money that they've stolen. That's what's happened with Representative George Santos, a.k.a. Devalder, a.k.a. Rip it off an old man his mother used to work with by stealing his checkbook and writing a check for luxury goods in Brazil in 2008 which has now been resolved by him confessing to the crime, notwithstanding all that he told the media, including the New York Post, that he didn't commit a crime ever. Another lie and a series of lies on the, on the back of George Santos. That Campbell's back has, has already broken, fractured, and been sent to the emergency room. There's not one more thing that will break the Campbell's back. It is broken. And that is the reporting we have right now on George Santos from this week. And even though all these other wheels of justice are more important as they relate to Donald Trump and the people at the upper food chain, in and around Donald Trump and the various prosecutors and law enforcement that are going after these people, we have to also report on things like George Santos confessing to a crime. I do these hot takes on various topics about every day. And if I'm not doing it, one of my other co-anchors on a podcast on the Midas Touch Network, we call Legal AF. Every Wednesdays and Saturdays, they'll do a hot take. Karen Friedman and Cliff Lowe with Ben Marsalis. And then on Wednesdays and Saturdays, we pull it all together and curate the best five or six stories at the intersection of law and politics and as practicing lawyers and former prosecutors ourselves, we give you the lowdown, the breakdown. If you like what we're doing, follow us. If you like what I'm doing in particular, you can follow me on all social media, including Twitter, at MS Popak. Michael Popak, Legal AF Report. Our blue wall stopped the red wave and election deniers got denied election. That's why we're celebrating with the new Democracy Prevails team. We've got lots of work to do, but we should all be proud that when democracy was tested, democracy prevailed. You've earned this. Don't wait. Get yours right now at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com. When you shop Wayfair, you can't help but show up. It's impossible to keep the deal to yourself. We save so much with Wayfair, we've got to buy Wayfair, show off your big deal. Wayfair, you could just what I need. Fred Smith here told us the B&H photo helped change his life. Fred, tell us your story. 
I was a fitness instructor in Atlanta, and I transferred to New York March 13, 2020, right as the city went under lockdown. Oof, that's a rough time. All the studios shut down. But with BNH's help, I started Workout with Fred. It's an online fitness platform with cycling classes and off-the-bike classes taught by me. Talk about lemon. Forty-two minutes ago, that was posted. Okay, it's a publicly admitted. Indiscriminate killings. that mass shootings exploded after Republicans shot down. So 